I want to be able to look back and Google my name and see where I've been and what I've done. You guys are unique. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. A show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corpru. What's good, revolutionaries? <laughs> I hope all is well as I ask you every week. I hope that you are working out, working out your stuff. You know, as we continue to move through this pandemic, and it seems like I've been saying that for so long, but the signs are saying that we're getting better. People are getting vaccinated. People are hoping and dreaming about what could be once we become a vaccinated population, once we become a vaccinated world, what can we do? I know that I look forward to giving my mother and father a deep hug, right? Spending some quality time with them that I have not had over the last year. Being able to kiss my mother's face instead of having to kiss her on the back of her head, to hug my father, to say, you know what? You've been here with me for 90, been here on this earth for 92 years, Lord willing. And you've been here with me for almost 15. So let me be able to spend some time with you. The other thing is, you know, revolutionaries is I love to get out in the world and to be saddled. You heard me revolutionaries to be saddled either in New Orleans in that apartment or as I moved in, back to Virginia Beach to be saddled in my room, my childhood room, revolutionaries. I am ready to go. I am ready to get out and see the world. You know, in my travels, I've been everywhere and I miss my boy, Derek, who has found his way to the Dominican Republic. And I don't understand why I'm not there, but Derek, what's up to you, brother? Hopefully you're enjoying your time in the DR. I will be there. So I began thinking, revolutionaries, what is it going to be like once we have the ability to really travel safely, to go out in the world? Where are you going to go? For my wanderlust, thinking about all of the places, all of the countries, all of the cities, all of the locales, the little hamlets across the world, where are you going to go? And I began thinking about this conversation, revolutionaries. I was like, who can I have? And I began doing this research. And, you know, when we talk about dope brothers doing dope stuff. And I was like, there are two brothers out there, Goon and Smalls, the lifestyle brothers who are doing amazing things, traveling the world. I was like, these brothers will show me where I need to go. So brothers, what's going on? Goon and Smalls, welcome to the What's Your Revolutionary Show. Revolutionaries, give them a hand. What's going on to you, brothers? How you doing? Thank you so much for having us. That's one of, this is a big honor. Definitely a big honor. I'm very, very ha- humbled and happy to have you to be on the show. Thank I you, know brother. Smalls shares the same sentiments as I do. Right, Smalls? Facts. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you for having us. No worries. You, you know my people are going to ask you, like, wait a minute. Like, Goon and Smalls, like, you got to tell the backstory. Like, <laughs> you got to tell the back. Looking at these brothers, right? Because you're going to be like, wait a minute. That's not Goon? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm Goon, and that's Smalls, my brother. Even though he's 6'6", and I'm 6'1", I'm the bigger one. You're the bigger one. (laughs) (laughs) So how did y'all come up with these names? These are really our names. This is what's on on my birth certificate. certificate. This is my real name. Um, My name came from my favorite movie, which is The Goonies, obviously, if you didn't know that. I love The Goonies, so that's my backstory. And uh, Small's name came from... I guess him being the smallest of the litter. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It's a childhood nickname. This is before, you know, rest in peace and the notorious B.I.G. Before there was a Biggie Smalls, some of the older guys, the elders around my way gave me the moniker. You know, tinies are very common name for big guys. Right. So at the time, it was like, yeah, there's too many tinies. And I'm talking about this is back in like 88, 89, 90, long time ago. So they came with the moniker, like, yo, you know what, small. So it just stuck with me ever since. But given the fact that, you know, at 12, I was 6'1". What? Yeah. <laughs> right. I've always been relatively big. So it's kind of like an oxymoron. It just stuck with me to the, to this day. Right. Look, I want to unpack that for a second. I appreciate you saying that. Um, as a researcher, man, like, like I said earlier in this conversation, man, got my PhD in psychological silence for, from Tulane. Shout out to my mentor, Dr. Michael Cunningham. 
I studied the the impact of black masculinity and what it, what it meant to us as being black men and how we interacted to the world, how the world interacted on us. But Smalls, it, it's interesting that being a big black man, right? And and the literature talks about how people perceive you. Yes, what sir. was that like for you and and for you, Goon, being being big black man? You know, growing up, like you said, you were six one at twelve. Right. I was like five one at 12 and, and like and, and stayed five one until I was 30. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, what is that like for you all to be big black men in the world? And how did the world perceive you and how did the world treat you? Well, I mean, for myself growing up personally, I mean, I was raised I was raised in an Islamic household. So therefore, as a black man, I loved who I was. So I, it was no insecurities growing up because my parents instilled in me who I am. You know, you're a black man, you're an Asiatic black man, you are the origin of life. So therefore I embraced it, to be totally honest with you. But unfortunately in society, particularly in this country, big black men are perceived as a threat. We're perceived as threats, we, we, we intimidate people just on our pure nature. So I learned to humble myself growing up in a sense of, I was very articulate growing up, I was educated as well, you know, so I was you know, reading as a child at three or four years of old age. I was able to read, so of course I was able to articulate myself versus being the quote unquote stereotypical big black, you know, big black goon, so to speak, you know, scaring people with my size and, you know, having people cross the street when they see me because I was able to talk. So when I was able to talk and speak to people, it opened up many doors for me. But there is a, there is a stigma with big black men in this country, and it's usually those along the fact of they're uneducated, they're athletes only, they can, you know, jump through a hoop, kick a ball, but they that's it, it stops there. They don't they don't have it presented to us in the fact of strong black men being fathers, strong black men being educators, providers. It's kind of like good times, you know. They got rid of James <laughs> Evans for that simple fact. Like, come right. on, you you you, you want to go against the norm of the show saying dynamite. He was like, Yeah, that's not that's not the typical black family. You're stereotypical now. We're, we're buffoons. So people don't know they wrote James Evans off for good times for that simple fact. He was like, I want to be a black father. We're going to grow as a family. We're not going to sit there and dumb ourselves down. Right. They got rid of them. Mm. You know, it's a fact. That's interesting, you know, and you, you, you're you speaking my language, Smalls, because, you know, I, I grew up, you know, we grew up on good times, right? And you get to see the struggles of Right. This strong black figure and the stressors that he faced taking care of his family. Right. You know, having to find jobs sometimes being being laid off. But James loved his family, man. You know, he, he, he loved his family and he was an upright, upstart man. And that's what, you know, it was really good to see that as a young boy. Right. And to see the diversity in his family. You think about Thelma, you think about Michael, you think about J.J., what was going on in the projects. You still got to see community that was happening on good times. And so even interesting, like Bookman, right? And and this right, Bookman was a big black man, right? Correct. Yeah. And even though, you know, Bookman had a, I think if we think about Bookman's role, and the show always goes in a different direction than I think it was is going to take, but Bookman was, even though he was the, the the superintendent, he still played a very pivotal role in that show. You know, he was a staple. He actually took care. What you got to see in Bookman was the the vulnerability of a black man at that period in time where black men really weren't showing as much vulnerability. Zero vulnerability at that time. Zero. Zero vulnerability, you know. And so that's an interesting. I'm I'm glad you brought it up. You know, it would be interesting, you know, to see. If you know they're always doing rebooks and remakes to see if they do good times to do a remake of that, that would be really interesting to see. That Thelma is still fine, though. Let me tell you, <laughs> I agree. Burning, burning, burning that. I still see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. burning that's fine. Goon, man, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, you goon. What was that like for you? You, you know, growing up as a, you know, as a a, a big black man, right? How was that experience for you? Was it similar to Smalls, or how did you experience that? Well, for me, I kind of played right into the hand because I'm an athlete. Mm. So I played basketball, I played football, but my favorite sport out of them all is Jeopardy. Like, <laughs> yes. like go figure. Like, I just learned the game of Jeopardy and I played it so, so well. And I was so good at the Daily Doubles, Final Jeopardy. I was acing it. And I'm like, yo, should I, should, like, I want to audition. They're like, why? 
like go play basketball or go or go play tennis. I was like, no, I want to play Jeopardy. Like I love Jeopardy so much that I'm sad that the show is not the same anymore because rest in peace, Alex Trebek. But my one of my goals probably this year or probably coming up is to audition for Jeopardy. Wow. I'm saying it now, I'm putting it out there in the air. Put it, so put it out there, brother. If you see me on Jeopardy, know I say the first on your show. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can Look. be like Yes, yes, yes. Yo, like, yo, they yo. They're going to be like, uh, Goon, you control the board. That's right. You control. It's been an amazing, yeah. amazing journey. Like, I really studied for Jeopardy. And it actually learned Jeopardy from travel, believe it or not. Mm. You learn a lot about life through travel. You get to see different countries, different dialects, different state flags, state birds, capitals. Queens, vice presidents, all from traveling. Wow. So my so inside my brain, I've been to over 59 countries. I know about 59 state birds, 59 capitals, 59 countries, 59 words that begin with V, foods that begin with Q. <laughs> you know, like these things come up in Jeopardy. So Jeopardy is a good show. If you're a, if you're a traveler and you've seen the world a lot. You you do very good in Jeopardy. Right, right. You know, uh, I'll have I'll have uh, uh, words with the letter Q, Alex. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, yeah, so it's, it's, words it's with the letter good. Q. Quince. Remember that movie on white, on white Man Can't Jump? Yes. Like, the way they yes. wrote that scene in the movie, like I was like, wow. I was so impressed about the movie and that scene. Not the basketball scene, the scene about the Jeopardy scene yes. with Rosie, right. Rose, Rosie, Rosie Perez, right? Right. Yeah, she did a phenomenal job and she was just on a roll. She had the dictionary with her mm-hmm. and they, they were being chased by goons and she was studying <laughs> for Jeopardy. You see the whole Jeopardy's going to call. You know? so Jeopardy's going to call. Yeah, so I could chase you and I could be on the show too. It's either like I'm going to get on Jeopardy regardless. So I can't wait for, for the auditions in um California. I'm going to really try to. Study a little bit more because you have to really know certain certain yes. categories, and it's not a game. Because when you go there, you try out, and to try is to fail. So I'm going to do it. So yeah. we're not going to say I'm going to try. I'm going to do it. So, brother, look, there's there's a whole thing, and I just this the simplest thing that I'm going to say now is that that is your revolution, right? Thinking about your success on Jeopardy, you know. Look, returning champion on Jeopardy, Goon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Our returning champion is Goon, world traveler, the lifestyle brother. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Returning has won $150,000 as, as the three-day champion. You know, That's a good number. That's about right. That's, That's a good average. number. That's that. That is a definitely good number. I think it's 35,000. 35, yeah. 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 Right. No, we go, look, we set the bar high here. Yeah. We are revolutionaries. Let me yes. tell you. We said it high. Let me just tell you a little backstory. Um, I'm I'm loving this, man, between the two of you because you're you're hitting on my childhood, right? My grandmother, you know, so my family and I would sit and, you know, when it, we would watch, you know, good times all the time, loved and loved good times and syndication. But my grandmother, Stella Lee Halsey Bryant, my heart, right, my mother's mother, loved Jeopardy. You know, she loved Wheel of Fortune and she loved Jeopardy. So between seven and eight every night as a child, we were watching Jeopardy and we were watching uh, Wheel of Fortune. And so now I I just moved back home in August and I've been living with my parents. I just bought a home and my family and I, we watched Jeopardy every night. And so my mother usually would watch T.D. Jakes, but my mother was like, well, I want to spend some time with my son what do you want to watch? Well, 7.30 comes, we're eating dinner. I was like, I want to watch Jeopardy. And so I've been playing Jeopardy since, you know, as a little boy, you know, and Goon, you know how your parents are. They were like, oh my God, you're so good. I'm thinking to myself, I'm not really that good. <laughs> but Listen, I surprise myself. I, I run categories. I do the whole entire categories. And I'm like, did I say that? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And, and I, get, I get upset when they get it wrong on TV. I'm like... State bird, cardinal, cardinal, cardinal. Oh, how oh. did you miss this? How did, look, they, how did you they, miss this? They'll like, say Robin. They'll say Blue Jay. I'm like, you didn't know that. You like, know? Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. A, I'm, I'm like, so what? Frustrated. You don't know who Drake is? There was one yeah. category. Man, Revolution is. I know you're laughing at us right now, but this is this is what this show is about. Like, there was one category, and the the answer was Drake, and nobody knew. I was like, y'all don't know Drake. Like, nah, come on, you know, there was one man and I'm going I'm to get past this because I'm going to get past this. There was one. It was his answer. Like when you run through, run through, um, um, run through a, a people lined up with fire or something. And I was like, what is a gauntlet? And my mom looked at me. She's like, how the hell? 
I was like, I am a, I am a, I am a doctor, mom. I yeah. understand. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, I am a, doctor. <laughs> I, like, how did you know that? I was like, I pay attention. What is, what is a gauntlet? So, no, I just appreciate the ability to, you know, bring back our childhoods and 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 what it means to you, brother. We support you in you know following your dreams you know the thing about it look i want to be like yo i goon that's my dude he is on jeopardy yeah i I miss alex man i miss alex ken jennings is cool but he just seems like he's just too stiff yeah i hope he i hope he stays for a while but it's it's a role that we're so used to seeing alex trebek every single day for what 27 years yeah long time long time and now we see ken jennings which is the highest earner on jeopardy longest winning streak on jeopardy so he deserves the chance to just try he deserves the, that shot he, he he earned that shot because he was in jeopardy for 75 days straight so he that's earned pretty, look, good, so look. he earned it that's amazing goon knows every goon yeah. knows his yeah, jeopardy I'm, I'm a jeopardy i'm a jeopardy whiz <laughs> like i'm jeopardy. going for the tw- jeopardy is my thing i even do good on kids jeopardy believe it or not <laughs> oh uh, that's where i'm the best look, yeah, college, yeah. look kids, college jeopardy, jeopardy is where i'm the man college jeopardy like i just crush <laughs> Regular Jeopardy is easy, but college Jeopardy is kind of good. But kids Jeopardy, they throw them curveballs. Yeah. You'd be surprised. I'm not You'd mad be very that, surprised. Bro. I'm not mad at that. Goon and Smalls, man. I'm I'm glad to have you on my show. I'm just excited to hear more about what you're doing, man. I want to ask you our signature question. And I'm going to start with Smalls. Dear brother, dear brother, what's your revolution? My revolution is, is really that's to change the norm. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. The problem with it, you know, society, you know, everybody is, is used to conforming to society's normalization. I go against the grain. I mean, I'm a big guy. Believe it or not, I write kids' books as well. I've, written, I've, published, I've self-published 10 children's books. Wow. So people get shocked sometimes when I'm like, yeah, these are my books. Like, wait, you wrote, you made a coloring book? I say, yeah, made a coloring book for kids. So they get shocked. So I, I go against the grain. I go against the norm. And I try to normalize things that we do. Like going to myself, we travel a lot. And, you know, to be honest with you, you don't see a lot of us traveling, let alone black men. And, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm acceptive of everybody. But when I say black men, like full-blown heterosexual black men, like straight alpha males. You know, when I say that, I say that to say a lot of times we get downplayed and, and we get watered down on who we really are. So when I say we travel the world, we literally travel the world and we're representations of, you know, New Yorkers, you know, black, quote unquote, Americans. We're, we're kind of, you know, urban, urban black men of that. You know, I'm originally from Harlem. I moved to Mount Vernon, going to represent Queens. So, you know, we're, we're urban as urban can be, but we represent who we are in a, in a very dignified manner. So it was countries that we can send you to right now to certain countries on the strength of us. You get embraced with open arms. Right. I can right. say you right now. They're going to say, oh, yeah, you're going to Smalls, you're our brother. I can say you to Morocco. I can say you to Cuba. Literally. I can say, hey, my brother's coming. No questions asked. Because That's we it. have a good impression and it's like love. Like people invite us to the houses, not a restaurant. Listen, come to my house. My wife's going to cook for you guys. Mm. You guys are different. My brother literally says, so he said, Yo, you guys really are different. I've had thousands of tourists come visit. You guys are unique. You guys are genuine. And the things that you've done and, and, and said to us, nobody's done before. So it was very, it's a very humbling experience. So my revolution is really just to, to represent change, to break the, 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 the mold, break the typecast of what certain people look like to do certain things. We're not rich. Now, don't get it twisted now. You know, people, <laughs> you know, I, we've traveled a lot. I've been to the Maldives. I've gone to, you know, a lot of exotic countries. But don't get it twisted. We grind and, you know, we, we, we use our assets to further our, our, our love, which is travel. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I said, we wear many hats. I'm also a bodyguard bouncer, believe it or not. So like I said, there's many hats that we wear. So it depends on which day of the week who you're going to get. You know, I went to college for film and video. My baccalaureate is in um, telecommunications, you know, but I've ventured off and tried to create my own lane. That's why I'm more or less an entrepreneur. Right. right. I write kids' books. I travel the world. I've also, I'm also in the process of writing a travel book. You know, the urban guide to travel. We have created what people told us to create, something along your lines. We travel just for our own fun. Yeah. People say, Yo, the things you do inspire us. So that's how we wind up formulating the Lifestyle Brothers, which is like our little mini travel podcast and, you know, stuff to really educate non-travelers. So as we said before, we, we travel the unlikely travelers to see the world. Yeah, I, you know? I, I, I love that, brother. Revolutionaries, I want you to hear, man. Go check them out. Uh, everything lifestyle brothers make sure you check out their instagram check out the twitter 
Lifestyle Brothers. Look, check out their podcast, right, where you have the ability to hear what's going on, their thoughts about, about their travels. I want to make sure everything Lifestyle Brothers, as you heard Smalls just talk about, he's like, you know, my revolution is to go against the grain. And we've talked about this in a sense, like, if you look at us, right, you 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 look at certain black men, you're like, he can't be doing that, right? He he can't be, right? But you you think about this. We have the ability to do extraordinary things as black men. That's who we are. That's in our that's in our DNA. Society has been trying to tell us that we haven't been good enough, right? You know, we think about Black History Month, and I think about the Tuskegee Airmen and how those those fighter pilots were told that. You're not good enough. You're not better than you can't fly planes because you have smaller blood vessels than white pilots. Right. So you can't fly these planes as good as white pilots. Well, guess what? Right. You were wrong. Right. Ultimately, what happens is the white pilots. Right. These bombers. Right. Or these transport planes wanted to have the Tuskegee Airmen come and and escort them because they were the ones making sure that the Germans could not take down those transport planes. And basically what Brother Smalls has just said, man, if you look at my portfolio, I'm writing children's books. I'm a big black man. I'm writing children's books, right? It's not expected. His revolution is going against the grain. Brother Goon, man, you know, like like I said, I'm just, every time I say it, man, I, and I look at you, this brother just said, I want to be on Jeopardy, right? Goon, welcome to the show, dear brother. What's your revolution? Thanks. It's pretty much similar to Smalls with a little twist. I always want to leave a legacy behind. I want to be able to look back and Google my name and see where I've been and what I've done. I feel like growing up, I didn't have somebody like me to tell me what to do. It would have saved 20 years off my life if I knew a, a goon in 1980, you know? So when we visit these countries and I see kids' faces and they light up when they see me, and basically I'm nobody. I get more love in in Thailand than I do down the block from my house. Wow. You know, like, like it's, it's just amazing. Like when I go on these planes and people and kids see me, they're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I just came to say hello. I just came to say hi. You know, like I looked on the encyclopedia. I found your country. I came. It's that simple. Like we, our trips are basically, we find it on Expedia. We just pick the cheapest flights that we can see wow. and we go. There's no rhyme, no reason. There's no special algorithm. There's no hocus pocus. There's no magic. www.expedia.com cheap flights and wherever, <laughs> wherever, wherever it says $5.99, $3.99, we book it. That's it. Wow. So we usually go to countries off the beaten path from what you see on TV. Like, like say they say trip to Ethiopia. That's a popular destination. Then we see a trip to Zimbabwe, you know, or maybe, maybe Congo. Maybe Sierra Leone. Mm. These countries are not that popular, but they still have planes go there every day. Right. So we get curious. Like we want to visit. Like we watch movies. We've seen Blood Diamonds. What's it like to go to Sierra Leone and see a real person that lives there? It's a different experience than the movies. The movies give you one idea from their perspective, and it just makes you think differently mentally. But when you get there, it's nothing like you see in the movies. Wow. Nothing. It's nothing. So when I go to these countries and I meet these kids and these parents and these families. We usually stay in a mid to low size economy hotel, nothing fancy because we're never there. You know, so once we travel and we're in the road all day long, people embrace us like they think we're there for a bigger reason than what we're there for. Mm. We're just there there to see and have a good time. But they make us feel like we're there because we belong there. Each country we go, we we have gone to, we have new family members from these countries. So if we make a phone call, like Small says, in, in um, going to Egypt, you want to see the pyramids from a different perspective, not from a tourist, but from like a real life, a real a real uh, Egyptian person's perspective, it's one phone call. If you want to go to Thailand, to Phuket, it's one phone call. You name a country, it's one phone call, you know? So my goal and my revolution is to go to many countries as they have flags in United Nations. Wow. I want to go to every country. I want to know every flag. I know a lot of flags already, but I want to know every flag individually. I'm from New York City, so I live near Rockefeller Center. They have all the flags mm. of almost every country. I know each country because I've been to each country. Wow. 
but the people know, the, but the people watching me in the street don't realize that. Don't realize that. And it's, it's okay. It's okay. But when I go in Jeopardy, they're like, hey, <laughs> that's going to be, go. look, 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 yeah. look, that's going to be the great, you know, when they take yes. the break, when they take the break after 10 minutes, yeah. uh, Ken Jennings is going to come back. Well, Goon, I hear that you've been to 80 countries by that time, right? Yes. Tell me about what's and the most interesting country that you've been to, Goon. Thailand. And I've lived there for two years on my own. I bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. Me and Smalls went there for the first week to check it out. Then Smalls left. I flew back and I stayed there for a whole two years by myself. Wow. Wow. So no, we no, no money. We no, no, just no money. That. Right. We 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 definitely gonna unpack that. We what have to I want you to think about this. What what Goon has said in his revolution, right? This brother said that we pick, we go on Expedia.com and pick cheap flights and then go. There's no, there's no, like you said, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no planned out. We're, we're going. And then if we, if you remember what I've been saying, revolutionaries, is that community is the new capital. It's, it's actually really not the new capital. It's actually just been the capital. But because of COVID and the pandemic and how we've lost community and trying to build that back, it is the new capital. And that ability to say, you know what, I'm going to use my community to help uplift people as they go to cities. I'm going to build community right as I go, because oftentimes we will drop in and we are tourists. Right. We are tourists. We want to do the touristy things. I lived in New Orleans for 15 years. Right. The one thing that I the one thing that I never did was go to Bourbon Street. There was one day there was one day, Smalls, that I went to Bourbon Street. You know what day that was? Mardi Gras? Mardi Gras day, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mardi Gras. So don't get me wrong, Smalls. Mardi Gras day in New Orleans on Bourbon Street is the best time. Like you're going to have a ball because that's when you want to be a part of the large crowds. You want to be a part of the people. But any other time, the authenticity, the authenticity of New Orleans people. And you think about New Orleans. New Orleans is one of the great cities in the world. People come from all over the world to go to New Orleans. Yes, we sir. take it for granted because it's an American city. But thinking about what New Orleans means to those people outside of America, basically what you said is that you have the ability to walk into a New Orleans city and become ingratiated because you go to that hamlet in Thailand in, in you know, in Phuket or a bood in Bali. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you off when you off the beaten path, right? One of my best experiences in life was 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 in the in in the rice patties in a bood in Bali, yeah. right? Yeah, it ain't a 7-Eleven revolution is that you're looking for, right? It's a family store that's like just as big as this podcast room, and the people are treating you like you are family, and they're very happy. Yes, they don't know about an iPhone 10, an iPhone 9, an iPhone 8, an iPhone 7. They don't know about a sidekick or even a Blackberry. <laughs> They're happy just being themselves with flip flops on. Right. Just happy, just happy because of life. And that's the joy I get from seeing people when I travel. So when we travel, we make it our duty to always, always give back. We never, ever, ever leave a country with money in our pocket. Wow. Never. It never, ever happened. We make sure we give every single dollar in our pocket before we get on the plane because to us it's useless for us yeah it is for them it's everything so that's what that's our little secret quiet as kept now it's out the bag that we do every single trip for the past 59 countries we always give our last bit of money and come back home and make it back yeah i i love it i i love it so i want to pull back brothers because what people, what my revolutionaries are going to want to know is like, wait a minute, you, you just said 59 countries, right? You're two black men, right? <laughs> 59 countries. I'm a, I want to pull all the way. I want to peel this onion all the way back. Got you. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, Smalls, how did y'all get started? What was, I mean, was it one day you were like, go, like, let's just go. Like, or was it like, what, so what happened? What was the, what was the, the 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 event that brought you to we're gonna start going. The, 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 the glue, the glue that put us together was it was very ironic, honestly, because he's traveled abroad on his own. I traveled abroad on my own. Literally, like you know, I'm I'm in DR. I'm in the, I'm in the, the common places for New Yorker, all the Caribbean islands, things of that nature. He's ventured off to other places by himself. Somebody's like, hey, Goon's birthday's coming up. He, he he's thinking about going to Thailand. Yes. And the thing was, you know, the problem is you can call up 20 people to go away on vacation or go on a trip. Out of 20 people, only three going to show up. Right. 
Yeah, what happened right. was my checking is set up with my savings. Oh my God, my son's mother, my child's father didn't do this. My job's not letting me off. So of course the numbers start dwindling away because it was way more numbers. And I was like, well, I'm I'm ready to go. My American Express is ready. What's up? So three of us went out of a group of I don't know how many people. Yes, out of 15. About yeah. some people, I'm going, yeah. I'm going. We hooked up and went to Bangkok. <laughs> Bangkok, it was no turning back from there. Because it was, like that, it was like that movie, um, Hangover, Hangover three. Two. That was a, yeah, Hangover Three or Two. Yeah, Bangkok has us now. We had the we had the we had the monkey. We had two monkeys. Yeah, two. This monkeys. is really this is facts. Oh my goodness, these movies inspire us to go see what it's like on our own. Right. The movies do no justice. You have to go see it for yourself. We're in Bangkok with literally one rickshaw. You know the little the little scooters. Yes. And two monkeys. <laughs> Two monkeys, one one brick shot, and three black men. And can I tell you a, a funny story? I never seen people eat crickets or scorpions in my life. They eat it like it's skittles. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Scorpion so, on a stick. Scorpion yeah. on oh, a stick. Oh, 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 yeah, oh yeah. I, I, I'm gonna I'm chime in a, in a second, right? Goon, did you finish, man? Did you? Is there anything else you want to add? I mean, uh, small. No, Smalls, he nailed it. He's, he, well, he nailed that, it. That's how the connection went about. And from there, it was, it was a traveling bond that was that can never be broken. Why? Because, you know, the problem with traveling the world with people, you have to find somebody that really gels with you. Yes. You, know, you have to be like-minded. Now, don't get it wrong. I've done five-star resorts. I've been to Michelin restaurants. I've done it all. You know, but the reality is I'm more organic than anything. I, I do spend my money sometimes. I've been to the Maldives. Yes, I've stayed on the water bungalow. 1400 a night. I've done that. But... The reality is, I enjoy seeing the world. I don't do resorts that often. I like to go local. We'll stay right. in a hostel for five dollars a night. Let me say <laughs> that. We we've stayed in a hostel for five dollars a night. Hot water is optional for him. I need hot water. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, I need. Look, I'm a little. Look, I'm a little pushé on that. <laughs> right. I'm a little bougie. I'm a, I'm a little bougie. <laughs> Yeah, but you know along the journey, like I said, we were very like-minded in, in, in our in our, our lust for travel. So it wasn't no no Hollywood moves. Nobody was argumentative. You know, whatever he didn't do that I didn't like, and vice versa, it wasn't a problem. It was like you know what we complimented each other. So therefore, we were very like-minded, and from there it's been a bond that would never break until you know until it's over. Yeah, that's a one, that's a wonderful thing. I gotta give a shout out here, brothers, to um, my travel buddy, my travel partner, man, Dr. Derek Greenfield. Um, a couple of years ago, I was like, my two best friends, they got married, they started having kids, and we couldn't go. I mean, we had traveled, we had traveled the world before then, but I was I was still the single one and I still wanted to go. And so every time I asked, like, look, yo, let's go, they were like, Well, we can't, we can't go. Like, or we gotta ask, I gotta ask my wife, right? I gotta all these different things. I was like, I can't wait for that, bro. You know, so Dr. Greenfield, Derek and I. Uh, we met in a fellowship uh, in 14, good brother. And we just decided one year, we were like, I was like, I want to go. So we decided that we were going to do a European tour. And man, so landed in London, uh, flew to Amsterdam the next day, four days in Amsterdam, uh, flew to uh, Geneva and took the train to Montreux, man. Usher and the Roots at the Montreux Jazz Festival. Like, you can't, you, man, and swimming in Lake Geneva, man, I, 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 I don't know if you've ever been to Switzerland, man. If you haven't been to Switzerland, that might be, that might be one of your places. To swim in Lake Geneva is one of the crispest waters that I've ever been in. We were, it was July, a little chilly, but it was just, it was beautiful. And then to hear Usher and the Roots do a concert together, Germany for some debauchery. I won't go on. I won't go into that debauchery, right? And then we ended the trip at Wimbledon, brother. I mean, you. I, that was my yeah. You know, nice. yeah. But you, like, I say that. I say all of that. Not 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 as a humble brag, but as 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 Small said, when you find somebody that you really can gel with and travel with, it makes the whole thing better, right? And you don't need a big group. You know, it, it's you and your boy. You know, like I said, in a hamlet, in, in in a town with the people having dinner. We man, the first night we got to Amsterdam, you know, it, 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 literally, it was like it felt like hall pass. Like, like what are we gonna do? We're in Amsterdam, <laughs> and next thing I know, we're walking down the steps from 
the Airbnb and the door opens to uh, another apartment. And the dude was like, oh, who are you? We're like, oh, we stand at the Airbnb. They were like, oh, you're Americans. And they were like, yeah, they were like, oh, come on in. They opened the door. It's a huge party, man. We, man, literally, we did not go to sleep that entire night. We partied with them. Um, and if you've been to Amsterdam, the Dutch are the, t- the average tallest people in the world. I'm five, nine and a half. I have never felt short, right, in my life. I felt short. I felt short. I felt short in Amsterdam. Um, but it's a good time. It's, 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 it's a lovely time to be able to travel with each other. So, but I know my revolutionaries are going to ask, and Guna, I asked you this question, right? Because there's a little bit of a backstory that I know I want you to tell. Like, how do you even make the time, right? How do you make the time? Because we're all, we're all grinding, right? We, we're all grinding, trying to figure what it's like to even, like, even find time to travel. But how do you do that? How do you travel to 60, 58 countries? How do you figure that out? This is a very good question and very easy to answer. Holidays. <laughs> if you have a corporate job or no job, everybody's off on Martha King Day, uh, President's Day, Columbus Day. So usually we take off that. We usually travel that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So we get four days off of one trip. And what we do is we hit the ground running. We have no days where we sit by the pool, take selfies, have fr- <laughs> frozen. I don't drink, but a virgin pina coladas. You know, like, hey, like we hit the ground running. Like our vacation usually ends when we get back on the plane. It's like nonstop. Like Tommy Land, we're ripping and running. Wow. So we try to cram a lot of information, a lot of trips into one trip. And also sometimes we have layovers. So we get two countries for the price of one. Okay. Then we're going to Thailand. Just, I love Thailand. Thailand is always my go-to place. So for New York to Thailand, we usually fly Airflow, Russian Airlines. So we stop off in Russia. Guess this. I speak Russian fluently. I'm half Russian. So don't worry about that. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> you know, so I speak four languages. Russian is my first language. English is actually my second. Don't worry about it. Yo, wait, 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 wait. Revolutionaries, you hear that? He's a Russian, right? In my, right. In my first. And, and they're looking at you like, wait, you're you're a black man. Grisha Fishkin. I love that. Keep going, brother. Yeah. So Russia, like, going to Russia is an amazing trip. So we try to cram up a lot of trips into one place. So now with a five-day vacation or four-day trip, we're probably doing a, like at least, at least a good 16 hours a day of sightseeing, learning wow. the culture. So you don't need to go for a long time. Because a lot of people travel, they do seven days, six days, one day in transit, one day to relax, unpack your bags, go to the hotel, get a new room key, go by the pool, <laughs> look at the map, you know, read, you know, like you can do all that in the, oh, that's what, that's what you do. You <laughs> do all that on the, on the on the taxi ride to the airport or from the airport. So we try to hit the ground running. We have our notes. We we know we want to go. It's all pre-planned. What we want to see. And we let the, the flow of the trip take us to where we have to go per, per each day. There's nothing written down for the day. We just go with the flow. It could rain one day. If it rains, then plan B is now plan A. So it started from around going around holiday trips, like holidays, definitely around. Our biggest trips we take is usually Thanksgiving because we usually have Thanksgiving off and then Black Friday, usually no work. And then, so that's the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That one there is like, the big trip. That's the trip where we try to go to like Mars or, you know, or, you know so, somewhere where we SpaceX, going, man. Yeah, hanging out with Elon you, Musk. Yeah, you thought he was gonna say somewhere like uh, Australia? No, Mars. Like we have it planned out: three days to get to Mars, go to Mars, hang around Mars a little bit, then come back. So it's about six days total. Literally, we're it's priced out. So it's a three-day trip to get there. We have to lose a little bit of weight because the the air level on you know on on the spaceship is is very dense. <laughs> so you know, kill him. it's it's a lot of stuff I have to do to get in shape. Mr. Smalls too, he has to drop a couple. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's going to be a, a a struggle to get to uh, Mars, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I'm very very serious about that trip to Mars, and the price is going down. The price. Look, my understanding is if you donate to the. Uh, uh, Donate to one of the charities, you could at least get into the raffle. The raffle, yeah, yeah they got the raffle. They got the raffle tickets, correct? Yeah, they we got need two. Look, we need two donate tickets. Ninety nine. Look, as low as ninety nine dollars, and you can get it. You can get into the raffle. So there's your chit. There's your chance, goon, yeah. to get into 
Get into the Mars sweepstakes. I Mars feel like look, I feel like Gattaca. Yeah. <laughs> this is, we, we talk about old movies now. Gattaca with, yeah, Gattaca. Uh, you know, Mars. with Ethan Hawke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, that, that's my goals for 2021. Mars and Jeopardy. Or okay. Jeopardy and Mars. Look, you are, look my revolutionaries going to be like, yo, look, we're going to be watching you. We're following Please. you. Every, everything Please. you do. So what you're saying is that you know, unlike me, revolutionaries who like if I'm going to Thailand, I'm go- I'm going to Thailand for a month because I don't want to travel 30 hours on the front end and back in <laughs> on those flights. Right. My first trip to Thailand uh, was back at the end of 2018. 2000, yeah, back at the end of 2018. So we did Bali and Thailand and that trip to Bali, man, was Two look, two hours to Detroit, fifteen hours to Seoul, another seven hours to Bali, and then like a two-hour car ride to the house. I was like, man, if I had to, if I if I had to go back and do that again in three days, I'd lose my mind. Yeah, you know. So we spaced it out. We went actually went December sixth to. I came back to the states on Christmas Eve, so it was a nice long trip, and. Clearly, that trip coming back, you know, you're not dreading as much as you're going. Because, like, man, am I going to get off? Am I ever going to get off this plane? And the trip from Seoul to Bali, I didn't have first class. I was a little pissed. But, um, we never have first class. See, I, I knew I knew once I said that I was going to I was going to feel pretty bad about myself. Don't worry about it. Back of the plane. We're the back of the plane. <laughs> no, I, look, I de- look, I definitely understand. So. Basically, revolution, what you just heard is like it, you can find time to go to trips that are not domestic. You can go to the Maldives. You can, you know, if you want, if you want to have those long trips on the front and then back in, you can go to Thailand. You can go to Southeast Asia. You know, and I'm sure that you get asked this all the time. And I'll, I want to hear both of your answers because it's interesting. If you think about your travels and, and where you've been and the people that you've met, the food that you've eaten, the drinks that you've had, all of them. What's the one place that you would go time and time again? And I think you said Thailand, Goon, but is there a place in Thailand? Is it Bangkok? Is it Phuket? Is it Chiang Mai? Or is it some city? You know, what's the one place that you would go time and time again? I'm going to throw a curveball. It's definitely Thailand, but I live in Thailand, so I can't say Thailand anymore. That's like my second home. So if I had to change it and don't say Thailand, it would be Panama. Ooh. Yeah. Why? Why Panama? There's a place in Panama for any Panamanians out there. They know about Cologne. Cologne's the capital. Yeah. There's a place inside Cologne called Bambu. Bambu Lay is, you ever seen that movie um, Training Day? Yes. Denzel Washington was in in the jungle. Uh Uh-huh. The jungle looks like Disneyland compared (laughs) to the Bambu. Disneyland. The Bambu is one of the most notoriously dangerous places to be in the world. You could Google it. It's still there. Bambu, like number two in the world. Dangerous. We went to the Bambu and it was like a parade for us. I don't know who they thought we were, but they treated <laughs> us like like we were like, I don't know. I don't I can't give you an example. Like, like we were Jay-Z and Jay-Z. Sammy Sosa and Big Pop. Sammy Sosa, exactly. So <laughs> they we were in the house. We were in people's houses we never met before, eating their food, like watching TV with them. Strangers, like strangers. And they showed us so much love. And they, it just made us feel so special to go there and help people. We, we, we had, Smalls had books to give away. We bought um, clothes and then we ran out of clothes and ran out of books. And we did something very, 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 very um, remarkable. And what I want to tell Smalls, thank you for that. What we did was we went to the, the next, we went to like a neighborhood bodega, a little small shop on the corner, a real bodega. And we bought everything inside, inside the whole entire store. Wow. Everything. We bought all the juices, all the chips, all the candy, and tied the whole entire store. And to see grown men actually cry and be like, I've never seen this before. The government doesn't do this. And they said, we will never, ever forget you. As long as we live, we will never forget you. Wow. And I'm like, to somebody to tell me they never forget me before, and I'm a stranger to them, I will always go back to, 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 to Bamboo. I'll always go back to Cologne. I, I, I like, like Panama is a place in my heart that I could never, ever forget. The way they tr- treated me as a stranger, now I'm forever connected to that town, to that city, you know, and I'm, I'm not a mayor. I'm not into politics. 
but I think they probably show me more love than the actual mayor of that town. Wow. You know, yeah. because they say in Thailand, they, they say in, um, in, in, in uh, Panama, like they're very corrupt. The government's corrupt. They keep the money for themselves and don't give nothing to the poor. And to have two Americans hop on a plane, leave their resort with the pool and the, and the pina colada, take a <laughs> car ride. Yes, no, a small car. There's no big cars in, in, um, in Panama. It's like a Toyota Corolla. And Smalls is like 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, you know, so he's like this in the car for two hours, go into a town with no lights, no traffic lights, no nothing. And to just help people just 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 because you want to help. And the way they treated us was like remarkable, remarkable. And that's amazing. You know, I think about this saying, Goon, is that plant acorns, right, under trees, under shade, under, under trees that give shade that you will never sit. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you, you think about that. Right. And that is what it sounds like that you and Smalls did is that at the end of the day, people just want to be loved. People want to find themselves in, in, in respectful communities. And, and, and oftentimes monikers are given to people in places that actually may not fit because outsiders see one thing, but community is built. Right. Sometimes, in, you know, in, in a very covert way, because we don't want you to know what our code, we don't want you here. So we're going to, we, we're potentially going to create, right, what the world, we want the world to see, but our community is here. And when somebody really can embrace that, right, and bring about service to others, and that's what, that that's what people want. When you, you know, I, I think I'm moving into spaces and giving, giving myself, right, giving to others. Right. Learning a culture. I remember I was in Barcelona, my first international trip uh, really to Europe. I wanted to I, I wanted to speak Spanish. And so I'm in this in this pizza restaurant in 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 Barcelona and I'm trying my best to speak. I like I'm taking semesters, semesters of Spanish. Right. Trying to speak Spanish. And, and finally, he says in English, I appreciate you. <laughs> but here, here's the English menu. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was just, he said, I appreciate your efforts to really understand and speak my language. Right. He's like, you're struggling right now. And so, but yeah, he and we sat down at the table. Right. He was the owner. He sat down. We had beer. We ate together. And it was a wonderful time. So I really appreciate you saying that story. Smalls, if you had to think about, you know, being in, in, in places and, you know, this is one place where, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to take my people back with me, right? Where would it be? I mean, that's a good question. It's a great question. Um, you know, I mean, Thailand is always a, a wonderful, beautiful country. The people are warm and inviting, but I'm going to jump out of that because I, I would say the same thing was going. I would say Thailand. but to jump away from Thailand, I would say Marrakesh. Ooh, Morocco. Yes, sir. Morocco. Tell me about it, brother, because I want to go. I mean, so much to tell you between the culture, the people. I mean, I've had a, a wonderful time. You know what it is? Going out luck up whenever we travel, because the reality is we usually don't pay like a company for a tour guide. We'll see a random guy on the street that's uh, uh, hustling as a cab driver, literally. No, no, now I'm going to put this out there though. Goon and I are two men. Yes, we are big black men who can handle themselves in most situations. We're book smart and we're street smart. So right. I, hey, I don't recommend this for everybody, but a lot of times Goon and I will get a random guy that's hustling cab on the side and we'll pay him for the week or the time that we're there. You're going to be our guide. We want to see everything local. We don't want to do the touristy stuff. We want to go to the local restaurant. We want to go to the restaurant where there's no English menu. Literally. So now we are in Morocco. Now, mind you, my, you know, I told you I was, you know, my government name is Arabic. You know, I was born, I was raised Muslim. So I'm in an Islamic country, a Muslim country. So when I told my government name, Alhamdulillah, Salam Alaikum, Wa Alaikum Salam. Opened up the doors as if I lived there. Well, my brother, I got you. This guy took us to his house for tangine chicken. His wife mm. cooked it. His kids cooked as well. They didn't speak any English. Let me repeat. He said, no, brother, I'm going to take you to my house. You guys are great. I want you to meet my wife and my kids. We go to a building. It's a three-floor walk-up. If you ever saw Black Hawk Down, the movie? Yeah. It looked like a building out of Black Hawk Down. <laughs> 
There were no bullets in the building. The bullet holes in the wall. Literally. But I said in Islam, you know, the brothers, the man and their word. So I explained to him, I said, we good. This is our brother. Muhammad's going to make sure we in good hands. We get upstairs, third floor, it opens the door, the electricity in the apartment. Beautiful family. None of them spoke English, but brother Muhammad. Wife made his chicken. The kids were amazed. And they told him all about me. This is brother, you know, my government name is Halim. This is brother Halim from America. So they were shocked because certain countries, they, they didn't understand that it were black American Muslims. Mm. They get blown away by it. Especially when I tell them my name. My name is very powerful. You know, it's a it's a tenement to, you know, in the religion. They understand, like, wow, your name is a powerful name, brother. They were amazed. But the people were so inviting. The culture, the art, the history is amazing. And if you bump into the right people, which we go and I always seem to luck up and do, that way, that, that's the reason why I can tell you with certain countries, is it's like, I'm going to say Morocco, but I can go through a whole long list of countries that I would revisit. You know, because the problem is there is such a mainstream uh, uh, black cloud place over a lot of countries. They warn you, don't go here. Don't go there. You're going to get robbed. And I tell people, not for nothing, you might get robbed, but you don't look like me. <laughs> and when I say by me, uh, the melanin in my skin is, yeah. a, is a, I'm good in any hood. We're in Port-au-Prince. <laughs> We're in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Mm. Yeah. Listen to me closely. There's so much negativity behind Haiti. I love Haiti. Mm. I'm a black American, quote unquote. I'm the descendants of American slaves. I don't have any, any West Indian heritage in my blood, but I travel as if I'm from there. We were in wow. Port-au-Prince, Haiti. We went back there on a New Year's Eve, literally. Went there with about 18 suitcases filled with medical supplies, toys. I usually don't even talk about it because I don't do it for the fame. I don't do it for the picture. I just do it to give back because one of the tenements of Islam is charity. Yes. I give back. So the reality is I love giving back. I'm not rich. I haven't made it. But $100 to me can be like 10000 to you. Yeah. And so we went to Haiti, 18 suitcases. I spent more on getting the suitcases to Haiti than I did for all of our air flights. Wow. Airfares and whole, this is no lie. I spent more to get the suitcases to Haiti. <laughs> it was actually 20 bags, but two got lost. Two got lost. Well, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. But 18 made it. Yeah. Wow. Again, you know, revolution is what you hear. Yeah. What you hear is these brothers giving back. And I go back to that topic of social capital, right? Community is capital. And we we have to think ourselves as people when we travel in countries, not to take. Traveling is not about taking, right? Traveling is, if you're really traveling, and, and, and our, our, our ancestors, if you think about their travel histories, move to give back in places, move to give of themselves, to leave their knowledge and wisdom with others, not to take and not to imperialize if we, if we, if we want to use those terms. And what you hear between Goon and Smalls is, is they talk about the places where they would go time and time again. It wasn't about somebody really giving to them, although the family in Morocco allowed them to feed. But what happens is that they were able to build community. Those communities are so crucial. And as I, as I, as I think revolution is, as we begin to go out in the world, as we begin to be more vaccinated and, and, and begin to think about where do I want to go next? It shouldn't be Tulum in, in Mexico where everybody's going, right? It, it, it shouldn't be. It should be those off, off the beat paths where we have the ability to take our knowledge and wisdom, right? And to participate in culture revolutionary. Do you hear what I just said? To participate in culture. I think about, right, going back to Abood and the, and the families that took care of us in the Hamlets preparing for us and uh, our ability to learn what was going on in, in Bali and in, in Thailand. Chiang Mai is my city that I would go back time and time again in Thailand. I, I, I love, you know, I, I love Chiang Mai. It remind it, it kind of reminds me of New York. Um, as we, as we move through these spaces, as we begin to, you know, as we as we begin to close out, dear brother, I, I I truly appreciate your time and your your efforts. You know, as, as I said, revolutionaries, make sure you go check them out. Lifestyle brothers on everything. Make sure you check out the lifestyle podcast, lifestyle brothers podcast, to hear about their exploits. 
But we the, the theme throughout this entire conversation is that we are black men. We wake up every day as black men. The strain, the struggles, the joys, the toils, the laughter, all of those things. So I would be remiss, Goon and Smalls, if I didn't ask you, how are you taking care of yourselves? I know travel is one piece, but really, how are you taking care of yourself in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of, of waking up black and male and we seeing what's going on in our society? What do you do to make sure that you're happy, that you're joyful, that you have that space in your heart and your mind where you continue to thrive? You, you want to go first? Go on, let me go first. You can go first. I mean, to be totally honest with you, my entire life is a pandemic. I'm a black man. I'm in a black man in a country where people always ask me when I travel, have you ever experienced any hate? The, the most hate I've ever experienced has been here in America. Yeah. I'm going to be totally honest with you. So my lifestyle is a pandemic. I grew up in a pandemic. St. Nick Projects in Harlem. I grew up in it. I didn't grow up rich. You understand what I'm saying? I grew up in social services. I know what it is to get powder milk for, for breakfast, government cheese. So I grew up in a pandemic. I understand what it is to be systematically oppressed. I understand the plight of my people, you know, and reparations have never come my way. So every day, every year I've experienced when people say, wow, how do you handle yourselves? Same way I've been handling myself. I'll tread lightly, keep my head on the swivel. And I know that, you know, I keep doing what I do. It's a brighter road ahead. But my entire life growing up has been a pandemic. You know, the stuff that goes on now that, you know, people forget about or don't talk about. I talk about the elephant in the room. Why? Because I've been that elephant. I've been stopped as a child. I told you I'm a man child. So I've had a grown man's body as a child. I've been stopped on the street. Officers' pistols pointed at me because I fit the description at 14 years of age. So I, I need to know how to maneuver in life in order to survive. So me to make it through our life as only 6'6", 355 pounds of muscle is it, it, a very challenging thing. But I, I maneuvered and I mastered it easily. So this is nothing. This is light work. Mm. And what that brother just said, I tread, I tread lightly in the world brother I, I wish that we did not have to tread lightly i wish we could tread heavily i wish that the the veil of privilege would be cast upon us but you know as you're right brother we we have to tread lightly i just moved into a neighborhood here in virginia beach and i kept thinking about as i see these don't tread on me flags as i see these american flags dear brother what is this neighborhood going to be like for me, right? That, that, that angst of a black man, like moving into this space, this is my hometown, but moving into a new space, moving into a new community, you know, how do I tread? How do I walk? But I also remember that my parents gave me this revolutionary spirit. And so treading lightly is one thing, but uh, don't tread on me wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a different thing. Goon, how are you taking care of yourself, dear brother? Um, it's, it's day by day. Life is never easy, but it's what you make of it. One thing I, I've learned when, living in, when I was living in Thailand was I've learned to start my day with three things. Gratitude, gratefulness, and humbleness. Those are the three things the monks gave me as a gift, which I, I, didn't, I didn't even realize I needed it. So they instilled that three goals and principles in my body before I left. Wow. So I didn't know I was coming back home to a pandemic. Literally, we was, I was coming back home to take a trip with Smalls to go to Peru, and I got stuck in America. I've been stuck here for 11 months. Mm. All my clothes, T-shirts, flip-flops, my, my two chickens, and, and my cow is probably gone now wow. back home in Thailand. So I've learned to humble myself even lower than, than what I thought I could go. So like, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a struggle because life is never going to be the same what we were used to. It's not going to be the same. There's no way it could go back to how it was, but to make it better from now is to start. It's a new beginning. So people like you are giving us life inspiration to let us know that we're on the right path. Like without people like you, we would have no real voice or no platform to tell our story to. So I'm very, very humbled and appreciative of your, your platform, the revolutionaries and even smalls, you know, I never get to tell brothers (laughs) like this, it's, it's, it's not it's not cool, you know, it's to say, hey, I love you. I'm, I'm proud of you. Like I get more. Why did you do that for? Why you did that for? Then I get keep going, keep going, yeah. you know, and it's it's really your surroundings. I really believe that. I really, truly believe it's your surroundings that dictate how you think and how you maneuver. Yeah. Once you change your surroundings, you're a whole different person. And that's why I love to travel because I'm around different surroundings every single month. It's never the same country. We travel once a month. Every single month, I learn a new a new skill set. 
I learned something new about myself. And that's how I'm coping. I'm, I'm remembering stuff that I've learned in the past and applying it to today. I never knew I had these skills within me. Everything you have is within you already. You know, it's nothing is nothing is really new. Nothing's new. It's just just brought out from a different place in your brain or, or in your body. So I knew about humbleness. I knew about gratefulness. I probably didn't follow it as much as I wanted to. But now I've dotted my I's and crossed my T's. Yeah. Dear brother, I, look, I am grateful. And to have this time with you all, um, to be able to share this space, to talk about our collective experiences as black men who travel, who travel the world. Um, you know, gratitude is something that I, I am experiencing more in my life when it's, especially when people decide that they want to pour into you, you know, gratitude is one of those things. I think that we are not taught as black men, but it's something that once we embrace dear brothers is that it, it illuminates, it, it illuminates, I'll say this small, it illuminates the God within us. When we have the ability, we, we think about that, right? Gratitude, right? The, the gratitude that you showed that family in Morocco, right? The gratitude that you showed to the Panamanians, right? What that does is illuminate the God within us that allow us to shine even brighter. You, th you, you think about our work, right? You, you think about your platform, and the ability to be a beacon of light for those who are less fortunate than us. If you, if you think about that, right. And what you're doing with the lifestyle brothers telling this story about how the unlikely traveler, <laughs> I love that, right. The unlikely, we allow, we tell the stories. We, we, we show the unlikely traveler that you too, yeah. right. Can go pack, sex, go. You know what yes. I'm saying? The unlikely traveler, because all you have to do, revolutionaries, as they say, is get on Expedia cheap flights and go. Pack your bags, right? Get ready and go. So I am grateful for you in telling this story. I'm grateful for you spending time with me, the humility, because like when you, when you hear Goon and Smalls, I'm thinking a rap group, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm right. And 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 to be honest with you. You know, when you see these two brothers, you know, you're going to be like, wow, this is not what I thought. But the stories that you're telling us, right, allow us to be revolutionary in our life, right? Because this pandemic is going to end revolutionaries and the ability to go and travel the world. But I want you to travel it differently this time. I don't want you to take what these brothers have given you as a blueprint of how you give back how you show humility, how you show gratitude. And in that, you will be grateful for your time, revolutionaries. Look, I wish you well. I, I wish you well. I wish you well. And I hope that as always, you are working through your revolution, that you're working through this time of self-care, that you're finding time to find community, whether it be on Zoom or social distance or whatever, because we are going to come out of this. We're going to come out of this and we're going to be stronger. We're going to be better. And our revolutions will be there right in front of us, waiting for us to move forward. So I ask you, revolutionaries, don't forget that this is the most thought-provoking question of your life. Figure it out. So we'll talk to you soon. Look, make sure Lifestyle Brothers, everything. Go check them out. Subscribe. Listen to them. Content. If you need a place to go, they're going to tell you. So we'll talk to you soon, revolutionaries. Take care. Peace. Peace. What's good, revolutionaries? Peace. What's good, revolutionaries? Peace. What's good, revolutionaries? Peace. 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 Peace.